0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cracking Addiction. My name's Dr. Fergal Armstrong, and once again, we have with us Mr. Stephen Hurd. Hello, Steve. How are you?
1: I'm well. Fergal, how are
0: you? I'm great. So Excellent. I thought today we'd continue our discussion around the power and control wheel. I mean, last, last episode, we, we gave a kind of a brief description of it, and we talked about, you know, uh, that the center, there's this element of control and then there were a number of hubs, and we touched on, you know, psychological abuse like like gaslighting. We talked about financial control and, and decision making and accountability. Let's, if you if you don't mind, let's finish some of the let's finish the wheel, as it were. Uh, so, what, what are the what other kind of elements of of uh, coercion and control are there in that
1: wheel? Uh, probably something we haven't um, struck on uh, is something like isolation, isolating the partner. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Removing the partner from friends and family and, you know, not allowed to can't use the phone unless I'm in the room or we never stop seeing your friends. Or uh, yeah. why does your mother that's keep talking?
1: Why does your mother keep ringing? Uh, and yeah, what do you keep talking yeah. to her about? Um, you keep yeah. telling family secrets. Um, yeah. well, that, that might just be part of the thinking too as opposed to.
0: There's also an element when you know the, the partner feels emboldened by the support of her family to then say no, for instance, and then that can then trigger a, a response that, that generates isolation. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, and that can be done directly. It can be done indirectly too, such as uh, one, one strategy that, that was used at family gatherings Christmases and uh, birthday parties and big events, weddings even, that the person who wants the power, wants the control, power and control, may make it may make the situation really uncomfortable for other family members to be around in a variety of ways. Whatever their skill set allows them to do, getting drunk, getting abusive, getting uh, argumentative, which really makes the rest of the family members very uncomfortable. And, and it may not just take one event, but a few events, and then the family members decide, "No, we're not going to have Christmas over at your house this year. We're going to have it elsewhere."
0: And of course, isolation is also, you know, it's, again, it's it's an it's an element of control in that the more isolated your partner is, the less able she is to leave because she doesn't have the resources, the connections to to actually manage the
1: the exit plan, as it were. That's right. And it can be, and uh, probably another dramatic way that could be done is not, uh, not so sort of overt as the previous example, but let's say I get a job up in um, up in a small town uh, to the east of Alice Springs, for instance, and relocate the family up there and say, well, I just have to because I've got to work. And I've got to pay the bills. This is the only work I can get. And, uh, and we've got to relocate the family. And then there's really um, humiliation in public, too. Another one of these wedges. Yeah. The partner down yeah, that's almost
0: like gaslighting, isn't it? Oh, she's a bit sick. She's not well. Or maybe she's depressed. Yeah, kind of, or, yeah,
1: you know, yeah. You, using a vent.
0: Or, or, you, or you look fat in that dress. Yeah, you're
1: pathologizing her. Oh, you're making a scene. Her and her self-image and uh, her parenting of the children. No, the children are bad because she can't parent them um that kind of stuff and all those all those examples um, you know the, the thing that intrigues me is it's not as if all all these sort of wedges of the uh, of this wheel are, are used uh, and used all the time but it might be very selective
0: I I actually had a I had a case that was absolutely tragic and just just thinking about this I had a I had a patient once who's Male partner, this is a lady patient and the male partner was a doctor and the male partner got her diagnosed as having acute paranoid schizophrenia and she spent a number of years in a psychiatric institution. And, you know, they, they got divorced or they were legally separated and, you know, she was on the bread line and I was in, in a clinic and she came to me and I, I looked at her notes and there was the diagnosis, acute paranoid schizophrenia. And over about six months, I got to know her and I realized that she didn't have acute paranoid schizophrenia and I didn't think she ever did. So I had to send her to a new psychiatrist to say, dear, and the letter, the referral letter was dear new psychiatrist please make a complete reassessment of this patient because I think the diagnosis represents uh, family violence on the part of the ex-partner who also happens to be a doctor. And, um, yeah, she, she didn't. She didn't have it. The, the, the psychiatrist wrote back saying there's no indication for the meds she's on. There's no indication that she's ever had this disease. Really. Trial of withdrawal of treatment.
1: Yes, it's really being opportunistic and, and strategic was- around what this... Particular person can do to control the other. Yeah. And and I I, I mean, I think there's a huge
0: variation in human experience. And I think, you know, this is just, I suppose, an aside, but I, I really do believe that medicine struggles to realize that normality encompasses a wide variety. The rich tapestry of life is rich and vast. And, you know, the bounds of normality, I think, are bigger than doctors realize. I wonder. I wonder if there are any other spokes in your wheel.
1: Well, probably the probably most significant. No, they're all significant. It's, it's very hard to, to to gauge more more important. But using kids, um, uh, using children to uh, you know, make, make you feel guilty around a parenting. I think I mentioned that one before. Um, or if kids, or if, or if parents um, separate. Uh, And they're trying to co parent and using the kids as the messenger between between the couple rather than having uh, direct discussions Um, or at those uh, visitation sessions. Um, They're using the kids where, say, dad Dad has kids on on the week, every other weekend, but it just seems like dad wants to be their friend in particular, buy gifts. Take them to, you know, and fantastic experiences, uh, and then that leaves sort of the disciplining and the actual parenting and, and development up to the mother who has them for most of the time. So the parenting responsibilities are a bit askew.
0: You also have to think about the issue of kids in a in the dynamic of a family violence situation, and where really kids are rep- really are an extension of where kids are the, an extension of control and possession. So, you know, if, if, if I can't have my wife in my life, then no one else is going to have her, and no one else is going to have the kids either. And so these, you know, these human beings, children and wives, then become possessions to be destroyed rather than have, rather than risk being given to somebody else and that's you know you end up with these horrific stories of children also being the victims of family violence you know and, and being killed well
1: that's right that's where I, that's where my thinking was going as well and then what the research says there mm. is is it's the ultimate way to get back at her
0: the ultimate way and so that's i mean are there any
1: other ways in which children can be used in this controlling <sighs> fashion I guess it's, I guess it's limitless in a way turning the kids against the, the other partner mm-hmm. they, they might still be together. But then there are stories of, um, mm-hmm. of the abusive father encouraging the four year old to hit the mother. Um, uh, physical yeah. violence. And then, and then there's the tragedy of kids in that adolescent area of, of having witnessed this violence for so long and probably be becoming the, the victim of the violence through at some stage in their own development through adolescence, 14 or so, stepping in and trying to protect mum and therefore becoming directly involved and taking responsibility for, for what's going on. And then and then being so confused and so, yeah, wanting, wanting of boundaries and identity and values and those things, you know, starting to act out themselves when dad may not be there. And so there's a whole topic of adolescent violence in the home.
0: I mean, that's those are the spokes. So let's talk about the wheel. I mean, the the, the final rim of the wheel is all about sexual and physical violence, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, the, the threat of that, the threat of that. So the, yes. so, the yeah. so the so the spokes are sort of based on the situation, the skill set of the perpetrator, that kind of mm. stuff, yeah. all hovering around this power and control, wanting to maintain control due to whatever. Yeah. Um, but on the outside, if if all these mechanisms in the spokes. Don't work. The ultimate mm. threat is the yeah, physical um, hit or sexual violence. Right. I mean, I, I uh,
0: when I'm dealing with this situation in my clinical practice, I I have, I have a number of questions to, that I ask people. And, but one of the questions is, what happens if you were to say no to the request for sex? Because I think that's one of the hallmarks of of, of a risky relationship when a when, uh, female partner hasn't got the right to say
1: no within the relationship? Yeah, that is a great question to get some insight. Mm-hmm. Um, short question, short answer, yeah. and it tells you so much. Mm-hmm. It, 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 lead, it, it leads it does, us to the it? aspect that we haven't mentioned in these casts yet, and that's about fear. What part fear plays? Um, yeah. But uh, that very simple question. Yeah.
0: Well, you say fear, but you, what, one of my other questions is: Do you ever feel afraid of your partner? So I, I have a I have a mnemonic, the ACTS mnemonic. So afraid: Do you ever feel afraid of your partner? Controlled: Do you ever feel controlled? Do you ever feel threatened? Are you ever slapped or physically abused? And then, as is also for sex: Do you ever feel you can't? Uh, you, you ever feel you have to? You cannot say no to to the request for sex. That's the ACTS questions. You may have heard of that mnemonic.
1: Uh, I have now. Thank you very much. Yeah.
0: A-C-T-S-S. Afraid, controlled, threatened, slapped, and sex. Excellent. It goes back to the control thing, isn't it? And for me, it's all about unmet need as well. You know, when when the male partner perceives that his needs aren't being met, well, all hell breaks loose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's in in that that intimate partner uh, familial environment, it... Uh, now the drivers of, of that violence are, are pretty clear and they are, the, are, are around gender inequality. So it's about me, me as a man, seeing you uh, as a woman as being lower than me.
0: Just one thought that comes to my mind is um, I remember seeing a, a gentleman who had smashed a bottle, a beer bottle, cut his hand and he presented a casualty and I was doing the graveyard shift in, in the emergency department, he needed his hand stitching and he said to me, and I quote him: He said to me, "I'm a lovely guy, but when she doesn't give me what I want." And he, and he was, and he, he couldn't see that. He was actually admitting to, to me that he was really someone who needed to reevaluate his relationship with his with his wife. He said, "I'm a lovely guy, when I get what I want." Yeah. Unmet need for me—that's a—that's a—that's a touchstone. How do you
1: react in general to unmet need? Just—I'm just going to be a bit curious now. Just when—just when he asked you, or he told you about that, did that come with a physical yeah. sensation for you, physical sort of
0: reaction? i, I want—I I, yes, it did. But because I'm a doctor, and because we're on tape, I'm not allowed to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's unmet need, control which then leads to questions of identity, which then drives the, the violence.
1: Mm, we can unpack that over time, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm sure. But right now we're going to have to call it a day. So thank you very much, Steve, for your expertise as usual. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again very soon. Thanks, mate. That's all for today's episode. See you soon.